Housing for the Aged Action Group, Haig for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof. We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, Housing for the Age Action Group's show about everything to do with older people and housing. Welcome to our International Women's Day special. Today you are listening to me, Fiona, all by myself in the studio, and I'm focusing on the very popular media issue of older women and homelessness. It seems that nearly every day, there is yet another article about the housing crisis in Australia and the impact on older women. And I think that HAG can take some of the credit for raising awareness of this issue, which is impacting older people. No doubt listeners will have heard the statistic that older women are the fastest growing cohort experiencing homelessness in Australia, and that's based on information from five years ago. So we can only imagine how bad it is today with the increasing rents and the lack of housing that's affordable and appropriate for older people as they age. A study that we did last year with the University of Adelaide showed that there was 405,000 women aged 45 years and older who are at risk of homelessness. These are the women that often don't present at homelessness services who tend to only have around 9-10% of older people coming through the door. We know that there's lots of older women who are struggling in private rental and often don't reach out for help because, as you'll hear from the women that we're about to listen to, they're survivors. They use all of their resources and they often think that there's someone more in need than them. So what does this housing crisis look like for older women? What is it like to be an older woman who is at risk of homelessness or experiencing homelessness? We're about to hear from three people. The first person um, is Diana. She is 54 years old and she lives in New South Wales. The second person is Jen Jen. She is 68 years old and she also lives in New South Wales. And the last person that we'll hear from is Priscilla. She's 67 years old and she lives in Melbourne. They are all women who have experienced being at risk of homelessness, who have experienced housing stress and have had different housing journeys, but the commonality between them is their ability to be able to um, survive and also just the impact that those uh, those housing circumstances have had on them. All of them have had chronic illness as well, as you'll hear. Um, so it does have insecure housing really does have a big impact on people's health and well-being. So we'll go straight into it. As I mentioned, the first person that we'll hear from is Diana, and she lives in Marrickville in New South Wales. I became homeless after a friend of mine passed away. Yeah. And I went to Edward Eagle Lodge. I was there for a total of three months before I found um, support from... Women's Housing Association, and they gave me a property. 
So what's what was the lodge? Was that temporary housing, was it? It was. No, no, no. It's a, um, you might as well say TA. Yeah. So how did you find that place? How did you get in contact with them? Did you go to an emergency homelessness service or how did you end up finding Yeah, I ran the emergency homelessness hotline. And they hooked you up with that and then you ended up at Women's Property Yep. And so when you were younger, did you have, did you live in private rental or um, how did you, how was your housing circumstances through your life? Well, through my life, I was with my friend, as I previously stated. Yeah. And we were in the same property for about 20 years until he passed. Oh, so you were sharing with him and then he passed away and you couldn't afford the rent anymore? No, no, no. His family wanted the property back straight away. Ah, so it got sold out from under you? No, it didn't get sold down. They moved in. Right, okay. And before that, um, so you were in the same property for 20 years? Yeah. That must have been a big shock. It was. It was one hell of a shock. First in Barson. Yeah. Then getting kicked out on the street. Must have been a really hard time. It was. Yeah. Have you tried, had you tried private rental as well? Yeah. And how was that? Atrocious. You can't even afford the rent for starters. I just went through real estate agents. I just kept applying all the time. Got knocked back every time. As soon as it's all pensioner. Pensioners are ostracised because they're on limited funds. And so the place that you're living now, you're able to stay there as long as you need to? Yeah, I've got a current lease with women's housing. Yeah. And God knows how long that'll last. And the rent... It depends on whether the owners want to sell the property. So they're... The third property I've had with women's housing because the owners want to sell the property. Ah, okay. I mean leasehold. Right, I gotcha. So it's so they it's, sell the property, I have to move. So it's not housing that women's property own, they're sort of head leasing it. That's right. Okay. So that's still quite uncertain then for you. Still is, yeah, but I'm happy. Yeah. And the rent's affordable? Uh yeah, it is. Three ninety a fortnight. That's good. On DSP? Yeah. So, yeah, that's very affordable. And so you have a disability as well. How how has that impacted on your housing? Uh, I'm partially blind blind in one eye, deaf in one ear, and I've got balance problems. So, yeah, that does impact. So you need the sort of housing that's pretty accessible. So no... That's right. I'm on the ground floor. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a studio. I'm in a granny flat. I love it. I'm five minutes from Maryville Metro. Is that good and to... And that's five foot. How do you get around? Usually walk, public transport. And it's close to all the services that you need there in the inner city? Oh, yeah. I'm running a bus ride away from RPA, bus ride away from Newtown. Too easy. So... Housing for older women is obviously a problem across the country. What do you think the government should be doing to address this problem? Building more affordable housing. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the only thing they can do. Instead of knocking properties down like they are in Wollongmaru, build more. The wait list are way too long in Sydney. We need more affordable housing. That's all. That's it. You're listening to 3CR Radio. That's right. Welcome back. You're listening to 3CR. We just heard from Diana. She is a resident in New South Wales. And we're now about to hear from Jen Jen. Both Jen Jen and Diana have been involved in HAG's Lived Experience Advisory Group, which is currently working towards improving the housing outcomes for older people ahead of the New South Wales election. And Jen Jen actually gave evidence um, at a parliamentary inquiry and um, has been advocating for improving the circumstances of people like herself. So we'll just hear from her now. Um, I'm with Women's Housing, have been with them for six years now in a permanent continuous rental and is in a suburb near Des Moines. Great. And what was your housing circumstances before you moved in there? Well, I've been homeless for a while. Um, reason because of a marriage breakup and also because I was diagnosed with third stage cancer. Oh. And uh, this was like some time ago, but I was really lucky to have my brother and sister-in-law who uh, took me in for a little while, and then I found myself homeless when I had to leave them. And, and yep. And what what was that like? What did you end up doing to survive after you left your family's house? Well, um, it was I, I never foresee that I could be homeless. And I didn't have money. I've got nowhere to go. I've just got my stuff in my car. So I thought, oh, gee, it's going to be so late now, about 5, 6 o'clock in the evening. And I told myself, I need to get it somewhere safe. And so that time I was around Campbelltown. So I went to the hospital grounds, the car park. I stayed in my car till the next morning. And the next morning I went into reception and say, look, I need help. I've got nowhere to live. And... They got me a social worker, and the social worker helped me some forms, and I, they give me, they put me in a in a little hotel, and for two weeks, while well, they're looking for a place for me to stay. And did they find you a place to stay in the end? They find me two very scary places. One was in near Minto. And the place, they gave me the key, I went and checked it out, and there's nothing in there, which is fine. I don't have anything much anyway. And then night time when I was sleeping, the mattress was all infested with cockroaches and things, and I just felt through the night things crawling over my face, mm. and it was cockroaches, so I just decided next morning, because I really cleaned up. I was seeing a lot of dead cockroaches around, so I thought I did clean as I could. But then when that happened, the next morning I returned the key. Yeah. Nope. And this was all while you were struggling with the cancer diagnosis, is that right? Um, that was actually after my my um, my treatment, my my chemotherapy. Okay. Because I was at my brother's when I was going through that treatment. That must have been a really tough time. For it was you. just something just happened and. I really just didn't know what to do. Just one thing after another, 
I never dreamed that, you know, um, that my life would go down this track at all because I've always been a housewife and, you know, just serve my husband and all and take care of the home and never thought about superannuation, never thought about going to get a job. So in the end, when it all came down in a heap, I was in a zombie state. Mm. And also with that cancer diagnosis, it was just, I didn't know what I could do, what I was going to do. I just prayed to God that, you know, he'll help me. Yeah. And so after you went to the hospital and got a social worker, you ended up um, in temporary housing. Yep. And then after that, I thought, oh, gee, this is not going to work then. I don't know, somehow, somewhere, I got a message um, that I should ring women's housing. So I rang women's housing and, well, initially I have to register with Housing Pathway to get into housing and I had to fill in this form that is like you need a degree to complete the form. It was so difficult. And then when you go into the office, the staff there, they're just there to do their work. They don't have any compassion. They don't know. They don't want to know anything. They just complete the form, check if things correct. And that's it. And then they told me there's a 16,000 waiting list that time. And so I said, then what do I do? They say... You just need to go to somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I tried a few different places, and one was the Jewish Center in Waverley, and that was a nightmare. I just felt so unsafe. Being being um, a woman and feeling insecure, and I was really, really vulnerable. But in the end, when I called Women's Housing, I, I was so nervous because I thought, oh, gee, what's going to happen next? So I went in, and there was this wonderful staff in women's housing. The first thing she she said to me was, I have read your thoughts. Mm. Anyway, she said to me, um, we don't have much, but I can put you in a temporary, temporary, like a, whole, like a holding house, and very small, it just fits in one single bed, a little um, stove and a little uh, bathroom and a little balcony and I was there for about eight months. And then um, somebody in the unit I'm currently renting, she passed away and the unit became vacant and that's when I was offered the unit. And you're still and there today? I'm still there because I was told that, you know, um, I asked for a over 55 unit because I'm a very insecure person. So um, they, um, this, this is continuous rental for you, and it's a permanent roof over your head. And the first two years living there, I was more like still in a uh, um, unknown of who I am, what I was doing, what's happened to me. And then after two years, I started to heal because... It was just that permanent accommodation that I felt at home. Hmm. And after the second or third year, I started going to take up courses. And um, women's housing was very good. They kind of put us on um, uh, what you call growers path for us to make ourselves useful. So I joined up a, um, uh, like a skill to get skilled. 
for work. And um, so right now I've been in my third year casual work because I don't have any uni qualifications. So it's all casual work, like seasonal, which is fine because I'm on Centrelink and now I'm on pension and with all these little supplements here and there, it makes um, the stretch a little bit easier yeah. financially. So I must say that I want to thank Women's Housing. Yeah. So it was a relief to have a worker that had actually read through your story so you didn't have to repeat yourself. Mm, mm. Yeah. And, and if they haven't picked me up, I would have been just fallen through the crack. Yeah. So I would call myself one of the many lucky ones. And this is why I want to impress on all our ministers in the home, in, you know, the ministers of housing, social housing, our prime minister, to understand and to take action. You know, there is a lot of homeless out there, 100,000. And we have got departments like the Crown Land Department, Land Office. We've got the Minister of Housing, Social Housing. But everybody has got their own different focus, and none of them, there's no one leader, no one leader who can consolidate the whole effort to zero out homelessness and poverty because until we have a kind of roof on our head and we cannot mentally, emotionally, we cannot heal. And once we heal, we become, become useful citizens and we become taxpayers. And there you go. That is the benefit of the future of a healthy Australia. So if there was one thing that you could ask government to do what would that thing be? I would urge our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, to take the responsible stand to act on eliminating homelessness. It is the PM's duty of care to the citizens who voted in trust to restore the pride of every Australian who are battling homelessness and poverty. Um, a lot of community housings out there, uh, a lot of advocate um, concerns around the agencies, they have gathered decades of data on homelessness and every one of us realized that we are at a crisis point with homelessness and I think we need our Prime Minister to act immediately and lead in the collaboration of all the different housing departments, the land office, to release crown land so that, you know, houses can be built for housing because otherwise this homelessness problem will never, never end. You can give another 20, 50 years, it will never end until we really, the primers take action to stop it. I'm Helen Razor, but that's deeply irrelevant. What is relevant is that you're listening to 3CR on, what's that frequency again, dear? 855, I told you, Helen. 855. And what is relevant is that you're not listening to that other crap. So well done. That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof and we are hearing about older people or older women in particular on International Women's Day and housing and homelessness and how it impacts on older people and what they think 
should be done about it. So the last person we're going to hear from today is Priscilla. She is a woman who lives in Melbourne. She's 67 years old and she has a pretty compelling story. She's currently living in private rental at the moment. So we will hear from Priscilla now. I'm here in Melbourne. I'm in a private rental. Um, and I've been here now for a few years since I had my cancer. Uh, the rent takes up a lot of my, my pension. Um, I'm paying over 300 and something dollars a week, uh, 334 per week. I've lived in this place now since, let me see, I had my about five years now going on to my fifth year. Prior to this, I, I lived in a, uh, with my son, I lived in a one-bedroom studio of thoughts. And then prior to that, I lived in a studio. I just, I sort of slowly got myself out of there as I got sick. I needed to have a room of my own, and I, and, and I know my son, he needed to have a room of his own. So we progressed from the cars to a studio to a one-bedroom place, and now we're here where we are. In my marriage, I was married, and we owned our own house. Uh, but that's going back some years now. But the reason why the house was sold was because of a marriage breakup. My, my marriage ended. Um, I became a victim of a domestic abuse, and as a result, and plus we we came under a dodgy lawyer and found out that the house um, the house wasn't. Uh, I'm not sure how to word it. Um, well, he ended up, put it this way, that lawyer that helped us sign that housing agreement, we went for loans, we were paying 23%, mm. right? He himself ended up in prison, found out that um, he had been doing this to a lot of people, low-income people, and we happened to have been caught up in that. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Um, but prior to that, my marriage had been dodgy anyway, and, and that it was... Uh, physically, uh, psychologically, financially abusive. Mm. So you managed to get out and get yourself safe, um, which is fantastic. And then you now living, or you have been living in private rental basically ever since by the sound of it. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So we hear a lot in the media about older women and homelessness. Um, what is it that you think is driving it and what do you think the government needs to do? Why do I think that there's homelessness in my age group? Yeah. I have looked into it quite deeply and, uh, of course, it's something that I hold close to me because it's such a common problem. Um, you know the statistics. I, I'm off the top of my head, I would say, like, what is it, roughly about 200,000 women around my age are going through what I'm going through or what I have been through. Mm. Um, I am not sure how I got there. I, I, I've always been frugal and I've always been extremely careful with my choices. But, you know, if I have a, and I did have, a marriage breakdown, an abusive one, um, and of course I took all of the accounts, I took everything, I just wanted it over, so I took the bill. 
And then I had to go through a long time of, of uh, trying to be primary carer for my child. So that was another three years. And so, you know, it takes its toll, not only on me, but on any human being. Mm. It's a lot of pressure. Mental health is really important, and I'm a strong person. I'm strong when it comes to that, and so, and so I coped. I coped. I coped with sickness. I coped with financial burden. I coped as a single parent. Uh, I went through extremely hard. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Circumstances. Um, but I got through, and I I am where I am today. It, it's kind of a bit hard to explain. Mm. How does one get to that spot? Um, it's it's a number of events that accumulate, you know, and and whether they're financial or, or whatever they may be. Um, and plus, I don't think that 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 I was able to 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 secure adequate finance to deal with any of my situations. And as a result, I kind of went with the flow of, 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 of results that were happening around me. Um, and I'm not alone. I'm not alone in that. Um, actually, while we're at this point, that's something that I really think is really important. People need to understand that they're not alone. Mm. When there's a number of, of, of factors surrounding where you are in your life, your situation, no matter how bad it is, you're not alone. Um, for a long time there I thought I was um, because of one after the other. So many things were hitting me so often, so quickly. You know, a relationship breakdown, a, a financial stress, um, mental health was affected by it, um, just so many things, one after the other, without a break. Um, it's either going to make a person or break a person. <laughs> and I'm too stubborn to let it break me. <laughs> Good on you, Priscilla. <laughs> That's great. Um, you're a survivor, clearly. Um, what do you think government needs to be doing to address this issue? Oh, well, look, when it comes to housing, we all know the answer. Okay, we need more houses. Mm. We do. We need more houses. Um, I don't know how it's gotten to a situation where there are so many people who don't have a home. Um, it, it shocks me every time I think about it. Um, it's bad enough that, that there are a lot of people on benefits or who have gone through their life and have now come to a situation where, of all things, they've lost their housing for whatever reason and there's no houses to be found. There's just not a supply. The, the supply is, is not there. Um, we need more houses. So all those years of being uh, for some, all those years, working hard, bringing up the family, you know, it's the usual thing. It's the usual story. And for whatever reason, they've hit the bottom. And they can't find a home. 
Okay, so that brings us to an end of our International Women's Day special for 2023. I hope you have enjoyed hearing directly from the older people or the older women behind the statistics that we often hear in the in the media. Older women are the fastest growing cohort of people experiencing homelessness. But what does that mean for actual women? So if you do want to get involved in trying to stop this issue and do it, as was suggested by all of our interviewees today, that we actually need to have the government commit to more housing. You can get involved in Housing for the Aged Action Group. We are currently running a campaign in New South Wales to lower the priority age, to get a Home at Last style service and, of course, to build more public and community housing. We have a number of demands for the New South Wales election and we also have a lived experience group in New South Wales too. So if you'd like to get involved in that, you can call our office on 039654 If you are indeed an older woman yourself who is currently experiencing homelessness or experiencing housing stress and housing unaffordability, you can call our Home at Last service on 1300 765 178. And of course, we encourage you to Have a look at our website if you have access to the internet. The web address is oldertenants.org.au and that is literally all I have time for. I hope you have enjoyed listening today and I hope you have enjoyed the entire day's programming on 3CR on International Women's Day. So next fortnight we will have Shane back, so it will be back to our usual programming. But until then, take care and happy International Women's Day. We're going to go out with a song with my namesake, Fiona Boys, and the song is called Mess With Your Mama. All the best. Bye. Well, you know I love you by the way I say. Got you on the end of my pretty little string. Well, you're just the right break, just the right height. Come on and mess with me, baby, now and get it right. Come on and mess with me, mama. Just the right height, come on and mess with me, baby, now and-